Humility is not how you act. Humility is what you know about you. That's humility. When you know who you are in the sight of God. Welcome to The Healing Touch with Bishop Ronald F. Kimball, presiding bishop of the Life Center Churches. You can find out more about Bishop Kimball and Life Center Church at www.thelifecenter.org. Now, here's Bishop Kimball with today's message. Now, today I'm going to entitle this, Do You Really Trust God? This is the second part to it. Last week we talked about some of the difficult times the people were going through. Then the book of Hebrews, having their property taken away and some were ridiculed publicly just like Christ. So many things were happening to them and Paul was encouraging them. Now I say Paul because that's what I truly believe. Now the Bible didn't say Paul wrote the letter, but the writings are very similar to what I read in the other letters of Paul how he ended his letter, and he always ended his letter with grace, and this is what Hebrew ends with. So I know some people have their own take on this matter of Hebrews, and then I must say I have mine. So I'm going to stick with the Apostle Paul for the sake of my time standing before people. To me, the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Now, um, that's, that's my take. Many people may not agree with it, but that's okay. Now, they were going through some difficult times. They were going through all types of things. They were facing death. We went over that last Sunday. But something else was going on. And Paul is addressing that issue throughout the book of Hebrews himself. And I'm going to start with the word humility. Humility. Where does humility come from? Where, 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 where do we get it? Most of us think we humble people. Uh, we, that's, that's good. Humility comes when we know ourselves, not as doormats or things that people can knock around and say what they want to say, do what they want to do. But humility comes when we know we are children of God, when you know you're a child of God. You could take a different position in any situation. Humility is receiving mercy. It takes a humble person to receive mercy from God. And it took most of us, not all of us, some time before we actually accepted. When you first heard about Jesus, you didn't accept him that day. Some did, but I said most of us, it took some time. And we had to find out what humility was. It's receiving mercy. Remember in Luke chapter 18, when the Pharisee prayed and he smote his chest and he said, I thank God I'm not like the rest of these people. I thank God, you know, the Pharisees pray. In other words, what he was saying is, uh, because I'm a Pharisee, I'm all right. But then the scripture tells us that a tax collector prayed. And he says, God, have mercy on me, the sinner. New America stand to say, the sinner. Have mercy on me, the sinner. One prayed with such arrogance like he deserved what God did for him. And one prayed in humility, have mercy on me. 
Humility is not how you act. Humility is what you know about you. That's humility. When you know who you are in the sight of God, it sort of like changes the dynamics of how we carry ourselves. Humility comes to us as a result of something. And this, this, this is going to be the theme for a little bit this morning, as a result of, of something. Everything happens as a result of something. Everything you go through is the result of something. You were born because God had some results in the earth he wanted done. There's something God wants. Nothing happens to you by coincidence. That's, that's just not with God. There's no such word in the Hebrew language called coincidence. Nothing happens. Oh, what a coincidence. Never. That's a term we use in English. When something happened and you wasn't expected it to happen, what a coincidence. You run into a friend in the grocery store. What a coincidence. Is it a coincidence? Is God trying to get something to, to transpire there? You always have to put God in the mix if you're a child of God. He's always there. We're here today because God permitted us to be here. That's the only reason we got here. So C.S. Lewis said, and I don't know if any of you uh, heard about the book or read it, the screw tape letters. This is the author of that book. And he says, a proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you can't find God because God is always above you. This is what God says about humility. Now, I'm going to eventually wind up over the Hebrews, but just follow me. Just follow me here this morning. This is what God says about humility. Three verses in the book of Proverbs, not three verses, three chapters in Proverbs. 15.33, Proverbs 15 and verse 33. Very, very, very good. Very good choice here. Proverbs 15.33 says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom, and before honor comes humility. Wow. The fear of the Lord provides Wise instructions, and before honor comes what now? Humility. Humility. You don't promote yourself. God does that. Now, that's 1533, Proverbs 18 and verse 12. It says something about humility here. In 18 verse 12, it says, Before destruction, the heart of man is halting. Now, I, I, I like this, and I read this. You have to be very, very observant and careful, and hopefully I can get to the segment there on deception. When you see haughty people, listen, 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 listen what it says. Before destruction, the heart is what now? Haughty. Haughty people are on their way to destruction. It just hadn't occurred to them that the path they're on is wrong. Now, I want to make this statement very broad and open. Watch our government. Listen, listen to me. Hear what God says about how those men and women conduct themselves. There's your answer right there. It's what's going on. Satan is the master at deception. He, re he really is. Now, God's word says... 
in verse uh, Proverbs 18 and verse 12. Before destruction, the heart is what? A halter heart is on its way where? Oh, yeah, that's what God said. He can't lie. A halter heart is where? Headed for what? Destruction. Listen, listen carefully. There's one more I wanna I want you to turn to, and I think that's Proverbs 22 and verse 4. In 22.4, he says, the reward of humility and the fear of the Lord. What's the reward? Riches. Riches. Are we reading this right? The reward to people who are humble by the Spirit of God can look for three things. Riches. What else? And what else? Ah, uh, you don't have to. You don't have to knock over people to get it. You don't have to beat God to get it. It's yours. It's coming. It's the result of something. Riches, honor, what now? And life. Job twenty-eight and twenty-eight says, "And to man he said, the fear of the Lord that is wisdom, and depart from evil is understanding." And depart from evil is what now? Understanding. Proverbs speaks about the fear of the Lord. It is the beginning of knowledge in Proverbs 1, 7. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. God instructs the humble. He takes care of the humble. Now, those scriptures I just read, I read them for a point. I'm going to make the point. Before destruction, the heart of man is halted. Before destruction, destruction is translated, brokenness, collapse, hmm. a breaking, disaster, all of those things. That's what destruction is. Before being ruined, this is the Jewish Bible, a person's heart is proud. Before being ruined, they are on their way to being ruined. And before being honored, a person must be humble. The heart is the seat of the spiritual and the intellectual capacities. That's, that's the heart. It all works inside of man. Proud, ambitious, and evil intentions will lead to a fall. Why am I saying all this? I'll tell you in a minute. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord, riches, honor, and life. Fear, there's holy reverence. When we begin to reverence God the way he asks us to, you don't have to look for destruction. You don't have to look for defeat. You can look for what the Bible tells you to look for. And what did the Bible tell you to look for? Riches, honor, and what? And I don't have to beat God to do this. I don't, I don't have to rob God. I don't have to do anything but obey what God says. Stay humble. How do I stay humble? It's not what you do. It's who you are. You're a humble person. Is it just time you give to God? I don't think so. Is it just attending churches? Is it doing things in the church? I don't, I don't, I don't think that's it. That's not it. It is worth it to serve God. Under all circumstances, it's worth it to serve and do what God wants us to do. You get a reward. The reward is related to a term meaning healed, like the heel of your feet. 
It refers to consequences or the reward that follows. What follows? What follows? Obeying God. In English, we use the term on the heels of. There's something on your heel for obeying God. It's right there. It's under God's control and it will come. It will come. For years and years and years in the past, we, we, we've heard messages about do this and you can have that. Do this and you can have that. When God instructs us to do what? Just be humble. I got it. Just be humble. On the heels, on the heels of what God says, it's his promise. It's right on your heel. Thank you, Jesus. How is it that God asks us to be, to be humble? Why, why would he do that? Why such great reward? And all those things sound good. Do you mean riches, honor? Oh, oh yes. All, all that sounds good. How many people are really breaking their back for that? When God says, all you have to do is be humble. I'll take care of the rest. Okay, so uh, what, what, is, what is humility the result of? What is, what is the result of? We know what is the reward. In Philippians 2, verse 5, follow me along in the scripture. I'm so glad you brought your Bibles with you. In Philippians chapter 2, you know, I think you basically know what I'm getting ready to read about Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 through 8. Okay, here we, here we go. Let's, let's see what the scripture says. 2, 5 through 8. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now we want to connect Jesus with it, who was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God and did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. What is verse 7? But emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, been found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He emptied himself. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now look what God did. Verse 9 through 11 is result of Christ emptying himself and humbling himself. For this reason, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. He did that because he did what now? He emptied himself and he did what? Humbled himself. So that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So the result of humbling yourself you will be highly exalted. Christ Jesus is our pattern. He's the one that God wants us to follow. Have this attitude in yourself that was in Christ Jesus. Now, our relationship with Jesus is how we learn to think like him. You got to have a relationship. You don't just pick this up by listening to things about Jesus, our relationship with Jesus, that's how we learn to think like him. 
how to act like him. And this is what Paul talks about in Romans 15, 5. In Romans, it's, it's just the way I have to go right now. Uh, Romans 15 in verse 5. This is what he says here. In verse 5, he says, Now may the God who give perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with another according to Christ Jesus. The God of what now? The God who gives perseverance and encouragement. Where does perseverance and encouragement come from? How does God give it? Just the verse ahead of that in verse 4. Whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instructions so that through perseverance and encouragement of the Scripture. Where does God give it from? The Scripture. You stay in the Scripture, you're going to be encouraged by God and preserved by God. Perseverance and encouragement of the Scripture. We might have hope. Then he turns around and he says the next verse, God gives that through the Scripture. How can you put it down? How can people not read it, especially in these days and time? If you want any kind of encouragement, don't mum around and cry around. Nobody encourages me. Pick up your Bible. My God. Listen. You don't call. Nobody from the church called. If I had God, you would never have to call me. If I had God in my room, I don't care if I never got a call. I got all I need. I got all I need. I'm not saying I don't need people, but if people find within themselves that, well, it's not necessary to call, I find it necessary to go get it myself. Glory to God. Now, this, this is what he says. God is the source. This is what the scripture says of perseverance and encouragement. The same mind, the same mind is what Paul says. May God call you to think the same thing. Wow, this is what he said. This is what he said. May God, in verse 6, I'm sorry, verse 5. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ. Same mind. May God, may God call you to think the same way. That Jesus Christ thought, my God, may God cause your thinking to be the same as Jesus Christ. That only comes when you have a relationship with him. Same mind, have the same point of view. Only through Christ Jesus will we be able to do this. Why are there so many disagreements among people, among groups? Why are there so many different thoughts? One of the things that I read the Catholic Church said about Protestants is that we, I'm going to paraphrase it, always have confusion because we leave interpretation of the scriptures open to people. But if you follow the teachings of the mother church, you, we wouldn't have all this confusion. I say, wow, that's a nice, that's a nice way to recruit. But I'm, I'm going to go with the Protestants on that one. He says, now, why do you say that? Because in 1 Corinthians 1.10, the Bible talks about people there in Corinth having problems. It wasn't a doctrinal difference. That's, that's what we got to see. It wasn't a difference on doctrine. Their difference was human personalities. They were caught up on each other. You know, some say they're Paul, some of Apollos. You see, it wasn't doctrinal. It was all human personalities. And I don't believe the doctrinal position of churches today is really causing problems. It is the human personalities that we can't agree with. 
Are, are you with me here? And it's, it's, it's leading to something. For who has known what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.16, the mind of the Lord, that we may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. There you go. We have the mind of Christ. If, if we are related to him, if we are connected with him, we ought to start thinking like him and acting like him. This is what he said. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. If you'd like this message in its entirety, contact us by phone at 407-628-3229, extension 114, or visit our online store at www.thelifecenter.org.